So, Ed, you've been to Copenhagen? I have. Copenhagen. Is it wonderful? It's, it's very nice, yeah. Nice. Little town, very pretty. Uh, extraordinarily expensive beer, as uh, is uh, the cliche in uh, Nordic parts, but is true. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's very nice. Of course, United but, won't be travelling no, to they won't Copenhagen. Be. They'll be travelling to Cologne. Cologne instead. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. You've been to, been to Cologne? I have, yeah. <laughs> Just um, a conference centre, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly as exciting. So I've actually been to Bonn more, which is sort of next door. So the airport is in right. between Bonn and, and uh, Cologne, but uh, Bonn's even duller. But yeah, Cologne, not my favourite German city. Bonn was like a good trick question when we were kids for what the capital of West Germany was. That's right. You still have it in your head as Berlin. Anyway, I'm just been a long day, and I've just watched <laughs> that LASK game, and I've got, don't know what. Was, well, I, I watched nice. two. I watched two games. I mean, I was uh, only <laughs> half paying attention to. Can, can I just say, at this point, this is less a podcast, more an intervention. <laughs> yeah, I I need help, please. Um, yeah, I watched uh, Copenhagen versus Istanbul uh, Bezaksia, uh, which was uh, not the highest quality game, although there's, uh, there, there were some decent goals in there. Um, Copenhagen won that easily. Um, unlike United, who I mean. perhaps didn't, but, you know, hey, I don't, I don't actually know what to do. Are we going to do in-depth analysis no. about this game? Uh, no, I want to, let, let's, let's do 45 minutes on uh, <laughs> on United versus LASK. I did tell one of my friends was podcasting after the game and he was like, genuinely, I'm not being funny, but why? Like, who who wants to listen to And then I explained that this is mostly a preview show. Um, I liked it when Jesse Lingard scored two goals, two two goals in two games for Jesse Lingard. He's on, on a nice run. We're going to talk a little bit about him later in the show. Um, the LASK goal was fire and then it was hilarious when Martial scored in a kind of like, all right, all right, everyone. Look, let's have one of the big boys have the, let one of the big boys have the ball. And yeah, yeah. it's uh, very nice footwork, wasn't it? And it was. uh, I, I think he was pointing at Marcus Rashford in the stands. Do you think they've got a little bet going on who's going <laughs> to get the most goals this season? Possibly so. It's working if they have. I mean, there, there's a couple of things I wanted to say about this game. Um, I'm sure this is a point that's been made by well dot 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 everyone. But it was really weird that Harry Maguire started. I, I, I mean, I was, I was trying to go through every possible reason for why that would be the case, right? So, yeah. so does he need the minutes? Definitely not. He played more than anyone in in the season just gone. Uh, does he? Do, are we short of players? Well, yes, but Teddy Mengen, Mengen was on the bench. Um, so and. Came on, so no. Uh, do we need the leadership because it was such a youthful side? Ollie was worried about United losing six nil. No, I mean I just can't, can't work it out. So. I just I was imagining kind of like oh, if I was in the press conference afterwards, I would definitely ask. So why'd you play him? And then I was kind of working out what, and the, and the answer that I came up with that Solskjaer would say is, well, Harry's a warrior. Like, yeah, it's like. I mean, I I then constructed an argument in my own head with the answer that I invented for Solskjaer, not one that he actually said, but it had been a long day by that point. Um, But you need to take extra care of the players that will put their body on the line for you. 
you need to you need to make sure that you're looking after them when you can and I don't know it was weird and then as if that wasn't weird enough 60 minutes Lingard two goals in two games desperately short of form and confidence desperately short of minutes is taken off and replaced by Paul Pogba like what why how the the only argument I can think for Pogba coming on is that he has actually been short of minutes I mean not in uh, since the return but over the course of the full season but and maybe he just needs a rhythm or something like that and, and that's what Solskjaer felt um, or it's the sports science thing and they're worried about Jesse getting injured because he's hardly played I, I don't know anyway yes a, a little odd the the Maguire one in particular a little odd anyway I mean United have come through it it was I mean, it got more exciting after half-time, I suppose, with two, well, through all three goals in the second half. It was truly dreadful, that first half, wasn't it? I mean, like, almost nothing happened yeah. at all. I, I, and, you know, the one thing that you would say is sort of significant about that is just that there's a lot of players there who should have, who could have had an opportunity to impress ahead of a you know, busy run where they could have maybe broken into that first 11, but there's not a single one of them that will be bothering the first 11. I thought, actually, the much maligned Andreas Pereira's cameo late on was brighter than most, but Dan James just ran into blind alley after blind alley. looked really bad. Yes, and when he was Uh, on the ball, he picked the wrong player out or made the wrong decision or wasn't able to beat his man time and time and time again yeah yeah I mean I thought there Matt Matter looked just he looked horribly frustrated I mean he looks like a a man raging against the dying of the light doesn't he I mean there's just nothing in those legs anymore Um, he's got two years on his contract though so (laughs) ka-ching well it's one and an option isn't it I don't I don't suppose he'll be hitting any uh, predefined targets for that option probably not um, and then, yeah, a little bit brighter second half. They, their goal was excellent. Both our goals were nice. There you go. That'll do. Yeah, I mean, um, I've forgotten the lad's name who scored the LASK goal. Weisinger. yes, Weisinger. Um Yeah, it made me want to have a beer. I don't know why. That's just where my head goes to. <laughs> he scored, I was like, hmm, hmm. Feeling mm, a bit thirsty. Delicious, delicious Weisinger. <laughs> yeah, Um on the half volley, do you call it? Is that a half volley? I don't know. Kind of cushioned curler with his foot. Know, very high class goal for a centre back. Yeah, nice. And then Jesse Lingard scoring, which was lovely. I mean, really nice for him. I know he's had he's had a hell of a time, bless him. Um, and yeah, and then Martial with the games like one of United's few moments of real, genuine, outstanding quality. Um, and yeah, that'll do me for talking. I mean, it's nice to see Mengi get his yeah. debut. That was that was that's a nice moment. Yes, I mean he's impressed a lot of people in the uh, under twenty threes uh, and the academy side over the last couple of years. Uh, very accomplished on the ball, had a good few moments, didn't he? Um, it's, I mean, I, I can't say he's going to be fast tracked into the the first team at all uh, next season. Although although United have a lot of centre backs, they don't have a lot. Of quality and depth um so there's an opportunity probably for xl2 and zabi if he can get fit obviously uh, mengi maybe it's an opportunity for a loan i mean you know you'd you'd say that it actually isn't i mean it got me thinking about it because they didn't um they didn't really have a lot of kids on the bench uh there haven't actually been that many training 
uh, with the first team squad because of the the bubble situation and stuff like that. But um, it's uh, there probably isn't anyone going to have a breakthrough season next season. I, I don't think so. Not in the way that Williams did this season or Greenwood. No, well, I mean, Greenwood would have been predicted, but Williams wouldn't have been predicted. No one would have been imagining that Brandon Williams was about to have a breakthrough first team no, season. No, I, I mean, think. and the the closest ones are, are Garner and Levitt, you'd think, but they would, they really should go out on loan. Yeah. And Mingy, yeah, perhaps, too. Um, uh, Tehi Chong came on is like, hilarious. He, you know, big standoff about whether he's going to stay at the club, finally signs a new contract, doesn't get a minute afterwards. <laughs> so, and gets to play left-back for 20 minutes in the Europa League. Yeah, he definitely needs a, a, a loan away. Anyway, I've got nothing else to say about this game. No, so um, tell us a bit about our next opponents, Copenhagen. Copenhagen, yeah, be um, Istanbul uh, Bezek Shia, um, very comfortably. Uh, so uh, Istanbul were 1-0 up from the first leg. I really wanted them to win for two reasons. One, uh, I'd done a bit of research on them because I was like, what is this club? And we talked about it last time out and I didn't know anything about them. Uh, and uh, they got a you know pretty cool backstory. And two, Copenhagen uh, have a Carlsberg as a sponsor and I always associate, I can't even drink it, I always associate it with Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> You will too when you see them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, petty much. Um, yeah, um, Istanbul were formerly the uh, the state waterworks team, uh, waterworks team, and now are the state youth and sports sporting team. So we, we um, joked a little bit about uh, whether they had some uh, friends in high places, and that's why they suddenly, you know, they only formed in the nineteen nineties and. Or was that suddenly why they were successful? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, anyway, not successful tonight. On. They were pretty poor. Copenhagen, I think a few decent players. No, no one, I think, that's going to trouble United much uh, at all. Uh, you won't recognise too many names unless you're really an aficionado Danish, the Danish, what's it called, Super League? Something like that. Um, sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Brian Oviedo, the former Fulham uh, left-back, left and Everton, I guess, uh, left-back, left-winger, came on as a sub, so you'll recognise him. Um, Rasmus Falk has played for Denmark a few times. Um, and also his first name's Erasmus, which is always good. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. Uh, and their manager is Stella Solbakken, who, who you'll know, played for oh. Norway a whole bunch of times and uh, had a short spell at Wimbledon and stuff like that. So Yeah, name rings a bell. Um, yeah, uh, you say they're not going to trouble United... Any any idea like what formation they played today or anything? Yeah, they played forty three one. You know, stock European uh, formation. Uh, spread the goals around the team. Um, you know, it just didn't look like they had anyone in particular who is going to trouble that. Like, so no extreme pace. Um, they were neat ish in midfield, although I would say there were a lot of balls into into channels that didn't really amount to much. Um, so I would be shocked, shocked if United do not progress in this one, playing a full first team. So, um, do you have it, do you have the draw in your head? Do you know who we're getting after if we beat Copenhagen? Yeah. Is is that already decided? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we will be playing the winners of Olympiacos and Wolves. We play Wednesday, Thursday night. Uh, and Inter Hetafe, Inter beat Hetafe 2-0, one-off games. So either uh, Inter, Olympiacos or Wolves? Uh, yes, I think so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Inter are through to the round that Wolves and Olympiacos oh, are competing I- to get through. I'm gonna I'm gonna live look this up. Okay, cool. I have a feeling that it might be. I wonder whether it's no, no, no. Yeah, right. I, I had it in the back of my head that that was probably wrong. So it's Roma Sevilla, Olympiacos Wolves. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's our half of the draw. The other half of the draw is Shakhtar Donetsk through against Wolfsburg and Frankfurt Basel play tomorrow, and Rangers Leverkusen play tomorrow. No, no, they played today and Leverkusen oh, beat Rangers 3-1. Played... Ah, okay. No, I thought that yeah. was the score from the first leg. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a trailer that I saw rather than a live score. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, makes sense. Um, so, so anyway, I, yes, uh, Roma, Sevilla, Wolves, Olympiacos will be our semi-final opponent, presumably. Yeah. Well, if presumably we, get there. we beat you. Right, 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 <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, didn't we just go through that? That is a fact, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and, um, and we'll I mean, play all three of our games, quarterfinal, semifinal and final in Cologne. Right. The, the, I mean, the semifinal is going to be a much more real challenge, isn't it? Because whoever it is out of those teams, Chris Smalling has now left Roma, I understand. Well, um, it seems, yeah, we were going to do a piece on transfers and contracts and stuff like that, but it seems that United have basically said to Roma, uh, and this has been widely reported, do the long-term deal mm-hmm. or we're not giving you a short-term deal so you can compete for the same trophy as us. So, Yeah. Didn't do that with Sheffield United and Dean Henderson, did they? It was a slightly different situation, admittedly. A lot more of the season left. Okay, well, um, do you think that Ollie's just going to play the first 11? Yeah. Are we talking about, yeah, Wambasaka? Do you think De Gea will play? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he played him in the, the two crunch games at the end of the season. I mean, unless, unless he's designated Romero Europa yeah, League. That's- Keeper, yes. I mean, could, that's could more be, what yeah. I meant, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I'd be that'd be interesting to see. Um, uh, should yeah, we call I, I, Dean Henderson and play <laughs> Dean Henderson? <laughs> he really should play Romero, by the way. Not not because of De Gea's form, just because I mean Romero deserves a shot at at something. Given that he didn't get the FA Cup semi final, it seems crazy that I mean, especially given that United already qualified for the Champions League, so you're just playing the tournament for the tournament's sake. Certainly against Copenhagen. Still, European tournament. I mean, I know we, the, the, the Europa League is much maligned because, well, for two reasons, because of the Thursday night schedule, but also because the expansion of it like reduced the quality until the, the latter stages. But it used to be the UEFA Cup, right? And and everyone wanted to win that. That was considered a really big European trophy. I right? mean, we just it's, played Lask and we're about to play Copenhagen and like... We could play Romero in this and not disrespect the glory of a European tournament. Yeah, I mean, well, that's... so what happens if it's a final is will we'll be interesting anyway. I mean, look, a tournament, a win is a win is a win. Uh, the coefficient's important. The prestige is important. The, you know, it's a silverware. When... I'm sure there'll be some United fans trying to sneak into Germany to go watch it. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when Jose Mourinho played Romero in the final when David De Gea was in incredible form and we absolutely desperately needed to win? I do. Different world. Um, but yeah, okay, so let's say it's either Romero or Dave, Wan-Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Williams, I guess, because Shaw's still not fit after sure the, for this game. Sure, for a few weeks, yeah. And then Pogba Matic, Fernandez, Martial... Rashford Greenwood. Yeah, I think that's yeah, probably likely and it's gonna be Monday 
Sunday Friday schedule, I think. Okay. Is it, isn't that what I wrote down earlier? Yeah, sounds, I, did, <laughs> I did check good. it. I was right when I wrote it down earlier. And then uh, I think it's, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So it's not exactly that, you know, rammed uh, a schedule at all. Um, and they've had uh, 10 days off um, even more for the those that didn't play tonight. Um, so yeah. they should be feeling okay. Bruno, thankfully, Ollie didn't do a madness and bring Bruno on. <laughs> the, the one thing that I was going to say is I did see some people talking about how maybe um, he should rest the big players ahead of preseason. For in like, but I don't think there's They're any real get merit in, in that. Two weeks anyway, uh, so. and and anyway, they don't need a big long rest. They've just had a big long rest. They needed a little rest. That's what they needed. They needed to not play Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, 90 minutes, the exact same starting 11. That's what we were talking about. No, no, not- is, exactly. And, and um, in order to make it sort of fair, and I think this was a sensible decision, although it'll have an impact later down the line, um, all the teams are going to basically get the same amount of time off, right? So Liverpool finished their, their season 10 days ago. United won't finish their season until hopefully the 21st of August. So they won't get exactly the same time off, but they will get a few more. And no, maybe, maybe that it might be. I don't think they've announced it, but I think the, the principle is that everyone's going to get about the same time off. So United season will start, they'll do a rolling thing. United season will start three weeks after the season starts. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it does mean that it's going to be, you know, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, like the entire season. Hey, so um, should we take a little break and then talk about the things that people actually care about, not football transfers? Oh, I thought thought you were talking about sponsors. Adverts. No, we'll be back in a second. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQATPod on Instagram, Ed's at NQATPod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Um, So, talking of ridiculous commerce yes uh let's let's get the good little bit out of the way brandon williams 2024 yeah good for him big up marlon brandon williams yeah and look he's earned that through his performances in the first half of the season the second half not so good after he came back but you know reasons and all that um kids have dips and and he hadn't played for months so yeah and it wasn't the second half of the season was it it was three games or whatever yeah, that he exactly, looked shaky in. exactly and, and hopefully he gets better as he plays more time um yeah i wish i'm sure he will a huge amount of talent and yeah you know, I, I wonder i wonder i mean there's been speculation this week that united are looking at um at various left backs as well i'd be surprised have to say i think of all the i mean i think there's a very good argument for replacing Shaw if you can sell him um, I'm sure he's on monster money. But anyway, it's good news that Williams has signed up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Angel Gomez has left the club, went to Lille. Um, yeah. Put a, put a very nice, lovely Instagram yeah. post, really emotional. Yeah, which was uh, greeted with a whole bunch of snark from certain people at certain... How could anyone, anyone who claims to care about football be cynical about that Angel Gomez post? The kid has he grew up in Manchester... And Salford, in Salford, in Salford, flipping supported the club all his life. When a youth player all the way through played for the first team, I, I thought it's absolutely so ridiculous. I, I know we're sub podding here, but you know anyone yeah, can go well, search no. it. But um, 
I thought it was a very nice message. He's been at the club for 14 years. He really desperately wanted the breakthrough. Yeah. It didn't come free him. He may turn out to not be good enough. Um, technically, he's great. Uh, yeah. But but obviously his physique and stature is a, is a problem. He's gone to Lille. Um, he's going to be loaned out to Boa Vista for a season. That was obviously all agreed ahead of time. I, I mean, I saw a whole bunch of snarky tweets saying, oh, well, you know, he could have been loaned out from United. I think it's part of a development path that they've got for him. They they have a very good record, Lille, of turning around young players and then selling them on. Um, he'll be there, hopefully be successful three years and he can and move on from there. Maybe he finds his way back into the Premier League in a few years' time. Or maybe we have hashtag Gomez comes homez when we buy him for £89 million in, uh, in three seasons. Yes, well, that would be milking it. Yeah, yeah it would. Um, anyway, yes, sorry about that. Just got got a little, a weirdly little bit unusually personal on the podcast. I just think... Uh, it just but it bugged me that I was it was really I really thought that was that was out of order but anyway um people gonna people people are gonna um, people uh transfer news uh United have signed nobody <laughs> <laughs> but they've sold Alexis Sanchez well yes. not officially but that seems <laughs> like it's happening well yes but um Massimo Moratti basically said he's going to be done so I think when the president says it's done it's done so it looks like I mean there are a whole bunch of conflicting reports but it looks like basically it's a free transfer and United will pay off Sanchez uh, it's not been said how much of his 28 million pounds or whatever United owe him. I think it's even more than that, actually, um, on his contract. Uh, but it'll be some proportion of it because he won't be earning that much at Inter. Uh, but basically, it's good for all parties. They get a, United get a huge amount of, of wages off the books, get a, get that, you know, millstone... I was saying millstone off around their necks. That was totally... It's late, folks. Yeah. <laughs> The analogies are not flowing. Um, they're going to, you know, get rid of what's been one of the worst purchases in the club's history. Um, they've been worse players, but in terms of value for money, all that money. I mean, I was trying to calculate it. It depends on how you calculate it. Uh, Mkhitaryan, they put it on the books as thirty-five million. You can argue whether it's really worth that or not. Um, and uh, I mean tens of millions in wages you know it's, it could be it could have been cost United about 70 million or so uh, it'll be slightly less than that now they've got rid of him yeah it's one of the worst transfer deals in human history probably can't be called the worst but no no Barcelona one pushing of the worst. for uh, Dembele and Coutinho there's about uh, 300 million pounds worth of talent they um <laughs> I think Barcelona have the current Barcelona starting eleven has like four of the top five worst transfers of all time in it. Um, anyway, it's, that, it's amazing. May, I mean, Barcelona label uh, Debelli, Coutinho, and Griezmann. None of them worked out really. Yeah, um, Atletico spent Griezmann money on João Felix, who's out of the team, um, can't get a game. Uh, very talented young player, but um, apparently not getting on with Simeone. So yeah. A lot of a huge amount of wasted money here. Uh, so, yeah. are United going to waste a huge amount of money on uh, Jaden Sancho? Well, they're going to spend a huge amount of money. Like I asked you at the end of the last show, do you think we're going to get him? And I think you sort of. And I, I, this was just me. This is just me and you talking. This is not any no no claims of you got to say these things now when you talk about transfers on the internet. No claims of insider knowledge here, folks. We're just we're just chatting about likelihoods, perceived likelihoods. 
think you said I you saw Jaden on your FaceTime earlier. <laughs> what are you um, talking about? When they put that Nike advert about being on the same team, Rashford <laughs> and Jaden Sancho, that was when I was like, oh yeah, this deal's getting done this summer. And then all the noises. I mean, it's absolutely classic. We've really we've got the the every single English mainstream journalist tweeting out simultaneously that the two teams are miles apart on transfer, which I think is the official like bell ringing that the transfer is about to be done. You know, do you, do you uh, think Woodward has just has them all on a WhatsApp? And probably, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, it's BCC. It's a BCC email. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes, I, I guess mean, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, no, I mean, it seems like it, and it's uh, by extraordinary, um, an extraordinary failure here. It seems like everyone, like the stars are aligned. Dortmund are willing to sell, United want to buy, and and seem to be willing to go to a, you know, a large figure. It's just whether they believe, as they seem to have done for transfers in recent seasons, that stringing it out will get them a better deal. So. Uh, Fabrizio Fabrizio Romano, who is the kind of go-to guru journalist that seems to be believed above all others when it comes to transfers, from what I can work out, has basically said that the that it's about the current deal is like the, the personal terms are no problem, and then there's just the kind of um, uh, ha- the structure of the deal is what's being discussed. I mean, it does it does feel a bit like United are doing the all right should we take 70 million no no it's 120 million oh would you take 75 million no 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 it's 120 million it feels a bit like Maguire all over again doesn't it yeah um I mean I don't know how they'll structure it some form of upfront payment plus add-ons um the add-ons in the Bruno case were are pretty significant so in the end United paid more than was being asked uh the previous summer. Um, that's not exactly how some people on the internet like to frame it and they like to argue about this, but Sporting put out a press release with all the details in. So, you know, no insider knowledge here. You don't need it. <laughs> uh, they were so happy with the deal that they decided to publicise it. Um, anyway, so uh, in the brilliant case, 55 million plus 21 million in add-ons. Um, and so United are obviously prepared to do that and they're pretty easy add-ons, apparently. Um, uh, maybe uh, they'll be trying to structure it like that, or at least spread it out. I mean, United's cash position isn't awesome right now, uh, but they don't have an FFP problem because they can write off. They're probably going to be able to write off about a hundred million. Not that um, the Glazers are about to inject that amount of equity in, uh, but there won't be an FFP problem for United. It's, it's basically just cash is the problem, um, yeah. and then presumably they've said a. A budget for the summer. Um, Joel Glazer, who's you know the the gimp with the uh, his hand on the bat phone, um, and who knows what that is exactly. But I can't imagine it's too much more spending beyond Sancho, unless there are major amounts of sales, which I'm sure they're looking at. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about sales. Smalling's coming back to the club. Um, Jesse Lingard, actually, he, he little... won't be coming back to the club for long. I mean, Smalling they, is going to go. Roma want to do the deal. Um, I mean, Juve were apparently interested, so said press. Uh, I'm sure that's you know, trying to create a market for him and pressure Roma into into doing it. It's just you know whether whether United are prepared to do a Rocco or Damian and keep him at the club when they're not going to use him and pay him wages when they could sell him for a little bit less. He seems uh, absolutely beloved by Roma fans, which I think is really nice because I'm I'm just glad that Chris Smalling's found a home where he's happy. 
because I don't I think he's you know he's a player that that made some really big mistakes for United but I mean it's a bit of a cliche it's a bit obvious but he tried his heart out and you know didn't work out for him but never did anything to be anything other than kind of appreciated by the fans I'd say so no no that's that's right and and the reason why he went is because he wanted to play and yeah. and there was a market for him yeah there wasn't yeah, a market absolutely. for Phil Jones no and and Smalling's been a huge success in in Serie A from all accounts um I wanted to talk about Jesse Lingard just because uh, a couple of things. He did a, a really nice post on social media. I don't know about really nice, but really, I don't know, sort of poignant saying he knows the fans are frustrated with him. He's been frustrated with himself and his own form. And then in a in a chat with Maya Jammer about um, mental health, he talked about some pretty atrocious things that had happened to him this year. His mum was, I think he was saying, I don't think he said it in so many words, but I think she was hospitalized or certainly like treated in a serious way for for mental health issues and he was looking after his um two young siblings because he's got I think a 14 and 12 year old sibling um so he was kind of looking after them while their mum was basically you know suffering a kind of breakdown from from what it sounded like and uh that's just a massive deal and and you can't expect someone to be an elite athlete and perform at an elite level while all that's going on and it it brought me to mind of the thing where he spoke a little bit earlier in the season about how he'd been dealing with some anxiety stuff and kind of hinted that things had not been good, basically. He didn't talk about it in the same detail that he has just now. And there was this thing that he talked to the manager about it and the manager had essentially said, you know, we want to see your old smiling Jesse on the pitch. And as I said at the time, I really hope that's not the extent of the help that he was offered. I hope the extent of it wasn't we want to see you smiling because that's not how mental health works. I don't know if... Uh, anyone out there is aware of this and no you and wouldn't it, say stiff up a lip lad bottle it up keep bury it deep down inside because that's how real men do it no yeah there's a lot of worked for me for years so there's a lot of conversation happening around how it's good to talk about mental health sure and it is good to talk about mental health it's essential and it's good to talk about it because you destigmatize it and it's good to talk about it because um Sometimes there is just relief inherent in talking about it, but it is not that simple. You can't just, there's a, there's a lot talked about that. Like, you know, if you, it's almost the implication that you start talking about your mental health and it'll all be fine, but that isn't how it works either. Talking should be the beginning of trying to get help. Um, and this just, just made me think about that a lot because it felt like he's been encouraged to talk. He's been brave enough to kind of talk publicly I really hope that's not where the story ends. I hope the story ends in some actual meaningful support. Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't know whether they have, um, I mean, they have a lot of player liaisons in football these days and the, the best clubs do. I don't know whether they have uh, someone like that at Manchester United who are there basically not just to arrange their, uh, their Amazon fresh delivery and their laundry or whatever but uh also ensure that they uh, have the environment to to perform at their very best um you know i'm sure the club will do it if only because he's an asset and if he's playing well um then he's worth more you know cynical mm. answer but uh you know i'm sure they they might see it like that that said um you know all that's completely correct and fair and and on a personal level everyone wants him back uh happy playing well, in good health, physically, mentally. Um, he's been very poor for United a very long time. It's hard to see how he gets out of it. 
Um, uh, you know, we can have him in the squad again next season, but he's taking a squad place up. Uh, for a player that hasn't performed well in two years, and so was he really yeah. bad last year? I don't really remember. I know he's been really bad this season. He was um, bad last year. We were talking about it loads last year. Right, right, right. Mm. Um, so I, I just think we have seen abundant evidence that there is absolutely a squad player with capital S, capital P in Jesse Lingard. Like Jesse Lingard at his best is almost exactly what this bench needs. Sure. You know, energy and impetus and, and the odd bit but, of real excellence. But like, when was the, excellence. the purple patch Jesse? Because there was a, like a three-month spell when that's what we got from him. But in his entire United career, that's about it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. There was, there was like a lot of goals in finals and there was, you know, it wasn't just, there was that little bunch where it was all very batched together. But, but. There was a fairly extended period where you would say he was a useful squad player. We talked about, we talked so much about how good his movement is off the ball, and you know um, he's very he's a valuable defensive asset to an attack attacking unit, which is obviously why Mourinho loved him. Um, you know he was Van Hal's number ten for loads of time. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I don't see a pathway uh, for him really. I mean, I suppose Angel Gomez leaving is actually. I mean, not that Gomez got any I mean, three games or whatever Gomez got, but, you know, theoretically it's left a um, bit more space potentially in the squad for a sort of attacking midfield player. Um, if Sancho does arrive, he's Jesse's not going to get a game on the the right wing very often, is he with Mason and, uh, and Sancho ahead of him? Um, and so it's an attacking midfield spot and he's competing with Paul Pogba and, and Bruno Fernandes there. So um, I don't know. Not, not a lot of options for... For Jesse, well, he, he, except I, except except we've how much have we spent the last three months talking about or month talking about how desperately United need a second choice player in those positions? Pogba and Fernandez have played every single minute. They can't play every single minute. Um, so we need we need bodies and and decent bodies and but, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but I think I think he's got that in him. I, I think mm. it's different to say a Pereira who has only ever very, very sporadically shown any kind of level of ability. Even a Dan James. Like, Dan James, there's a bit of hope because you go, oh, maybe he goes somewhere. But I'd rather, if you're just talking about actual quality right now, I'd rather have Jesse Lingard in the squad than Dan James, I think. Yeah, I guess. it's it's. Uh, it always feels um, to me when a, when a player has this kind of huge dip, it's very hard for them to to make it back. Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know too many... I can't think off the top of my head of too many uh, players who've had a sort of two-year yeah, spell no, of poor performances and come back from it to rediscover their old selves, but maybe. It, the, the one thing that I would say is that you've a year of that's Mourinho and that can't count, um, and then a year of like really traumatic events off the field, there, yeah. there's, a, there's potentially a route back there. Anyway, um, so to to pull two threads together, Mourinho and the Europa League. Uh, you were telling me that Spurs, because Arsenal won the FA Cup and will gain automatic entry into the Europa League, Spurs will have to play three ties. I mean, it's it's only a single leg, fortunately for them. Um, are, are they doing that tournament style or? I what, think I the, saw. I just saw one tweet uh, in order my- to get into the the Europa League group stages next season. Yeah, I think they have to play three times to get to the group stages because they were automatically qualified for the group stages by finishing sixth. 
All the Mourinho jumping around with all his assistants. And yeah, oh, well, Mourinho always qualifies for Europe. And then because Arsenal won, <laughs> it's Arsenal as well, which makes it so much funnier. Um, Arsenal win the Europa League. They go into automatic group stage and uh, Tottenham have to go through from the second qualifying round, which is somehow means they have to play three games, I think starting on September the 17th. Although I did see one person tweet... Um, at Spurs' new Europa League campaign started three weeks ago. <laughs> now, now started three weeks ago. Anyway, so absolutely hilarious. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the inevitable Mourinho Spurs implosion. I, it has to be said, I'm getting very frustrated with all these Amazon all or nothing trailers dropping without a re- without a release date. We're waiting. We're waiting to plug this into our veins over here. I know. I, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's really pathetic, I know, but anything that the world conjures up to dump on Mourinho, I'm all for it. I mean, look, I, I'm not I'm not wishing injury, death or pestilence on no, him. No, no, not, not just, personal, only no, no, professionally. Professional misery yeah. Yeah, is what yeah. I'm, I'm wanting for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Um, he's not going to be able to, to buy a single player without selling this summer, um, which is going to gnaw at him wildly, I'd say, because uh, I'm sure that um, I'm sure that Daniel Levy will not be doing the exact deals that he wants, which in Mourinho's case is just to dump everybody that he doesn't like and, and spend millions on the players that he does. Yeah, and, and uh, that's who he doesn't like this week because most of the players at Tottenham that he doesn't like, he spent... Three years trying to buy at Man United. Oh, it was funny when we were briefly linked with Willian and people were like, no, he's gone. Sell him to Spurs. Looks like Arsenal might be signing Willian for f- on a four-year deal, which is, I mean... Just- <laughs> they I mean, look, he's a good player, Willian, uh, but they haven't learned, have they? This has been their problem. I mean, yeah. I-, I guess they see it as a problem position and a reliable player, Premier League proven, professional, all of that kind of stuff, and that's all true. Um, but he's nearly 32. Uh, he'll be knocking on the door of 36 when that contract runs out. Yeah. Yeah, but as we know, at Arsenal, they're 28 until they're 29. <laughs> that's that's very right. Yes, um, yeah. Arsenal fans love to milk it, don't they? Anyway, should, have you got anything else to say? I don't. And uh, no, is that everything you wrote some notes down earlier? Have we I covered did. everything in your notes? I, I think so. We're not missing any contract speculation. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, Pogba. Obviously, there's lots of contract speculation about Pogba, but nothing is decided. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear about that soon. Um. I mean, you know, we were saying that, like, the Sancho thing's going to happen, or probably looks like it's going to happen, and that's going to take a huge chunk out of the transfer budget, but that isn't going to solve United's issues. I mean, it makes us an even more dangerously, amazingly potent threat going forward, which we definitely already are, Um, and it at least means that there's now four players for three positions rather than three players for three positions, um, which is is obviously a good thing. but we are going to need some additional depth elsewhere, as previously discussed at nauseum. Sure. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I'm sure we will um, we'll, uh, reach into the uh, transfer speculation well plenty of times in the coming weeks. Uh, anyway, yep. Copenhagen we'll on Monday. Yep. Uh, we'll pod sometime after that. Yeah, not uh, sure exactly when, but we'll get the Next game's on until the following weekend, so we've got a bit of time. So. Yeah, great. 
All right. Well, enjoy the football, everyone. Enjoy the Champions League and the Europa League, the one that really matters. And uh, we'll see you in a few days' time. All right. See you.